0: This episode was also brought to you by the Modely Fool. Okay. Guys, stop going on Wall Street bets and pretending like you're a Wall Street trader because you're not. Stop trying to pick and guess the next Dogecoin, next Tesla, because you're not. So what you should do instead is go to Modely Fool and check out their premium services. So you have your own stock advisor to help you pick your best options because there's no goddamn way You're going to get the next GameStop on your own. It's not going to happen, so might as well just check it in the link down in the description below. Join Motley Fool. Their portfolio beats the markets on a regular with access to 300% worth of gains in their stock choices. What are you waiting for? Go in the description down below and get rich today. Please, for your sake. Alrighty, what's up guys? How's it going today? It's your boy, Richard, coming to you from the studio. I am with my boy, my hero from college, someone who's someone to fighting, Alexi. Here he is. Shout, big shout out to you. Say hi to everyone <laughs> if you want What's Ryan. up, you
1: guys? Dude,
0: it's been a long time, Rich. Yo, it's been so, bro, it's been so long. Do you still go to the gym?
1: I still go to the gym every day.
0: Damn, dude, kudos to you, because, like, going to the gym every day, like, it's it's sometimes, like, so hard for so many people.
1: It is really hard. I mean, the hardest part, honestly, is just starting, because, like, you kind of got to, like, formulate it into a habit, you know what I mean? So, like, also, like, when you stop for, like, an extended period of time, it's, like, extremely hard to get back into. But once it becomes a habit, it's just, like, a normal, you know, part of your life.
0: I've been trying to cut for the last summer and it's honestly kind of (laughs) hard especially when you're such a foodie and there's so much good stuff in Marstown you're just surrounded by indulgence all day long what are some of your especially
1: since we're young some of my goals uh you know what do you like pertaining to what goals in
0: like fitness like
1: why, why, do you, why do you go to the gym? Well, I originally started to go to the gym so I could get laid. And then uh, I realized that it doesn't really help you get laid. And uh, I just ended up liking it. So I just stuck with it. And uh, it's a great stress reliever. It's kind of like meditation almost, you know, especially if you go by yourself. You, you know, you're kind of there for a while. You could think about things. Well, you know, uh, I don't know just it's like an outlet, basically. Uh, I mean, my goals, I don't really have any specific goals. I just like it. Uh, it's just like an outlet or a hobby for me. But, you know, you feel good afterwards. Uh, you feel like you're healthy. Like, yeah, you'll be tired afterwards. But, you know, I remember before you know, I became, like, super developed, like, you know, my back would hurt, or, like, my neck would hurt if I, like, sat a certain way or slept a certain way, but after I kind of, like, built up, because your muscles are basically, like, supporting your, like, structure of, like, your bones and your body and stuff like that, so all those pains kind of go away after a while once you become developed, but, um, yeah, I just, I guess my most immediate goals are to increase my bench. My squat and deadlift, and then I do some other, like isolation exercises on the side.
0: I feel like the those three exercises are always like the most sought after, and something that I always incorporate in my routine because they're just so important. They're big movements, and it's what mainly men <laughs> what man mainly man do. Just look yeah, heavy I mean,
1: if you could only do like a couple exercises. Those are probably the three most important because, I mean, you know this, they're large compound movements and you're basically inadvertently working every muscle in your body. So like when you're benching, you know, you're working your triceps, your shoulders alongside your chest and other, and your back muscles as well. People don't realize that when you're benching, you're actually using a lot of your lats and your traps and stuff like that. And then, you know, same goes for squatting and deadlifting. So like, if you didn't wanna spend that much time in the gym, but get pretty good results with only doing a few exercises, you could probably just do those and you'd look pretty uh, pretty good after, you know, some time passes.
0: Yeah, that, that's been like my own routine, like working out, going to the gym, because like those, are, those hit the, the key muscle points, especially when you do like an assortment of compound movements more than isometric movements, you're gonna get a lot more results. And that's like really helped yeah. me. But let me ask you this: so have you done any have you done any martial arts training outside of lifting? Because sometimes it's a hard thing to get into. At least, at least for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, before um, before I went to college, I did like kickboxing and jujitsu. Um, but to be honest with you, like um, weight training, like really hard weight training, isn't really like a big necessity in mixed martial arts like it helps obviously um but like the most important part of you know mixed martial arts is having like the endurance because endurance is what's going to carry you through you know an mma like a a five round fight you know what i mean but strength is important in stuff like grappling and jujitsu uh wrestling stuff like that but it just kind of depends on, you know, what your like niche is.
0: Yo, Alexi, I remember in college I saw someone Snapchat, you knocked out someone. Yeah, I, I have know. To get out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I saw that and I reacted. I was like, "Ooh, like," as of a, <laughs> I guess you popped this kid with guess you're just boxing just, just for a sparring session. I just see you just KO someone and it's just, just turn your body 180. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, uh, my
1: God. I'll, I'll explain how that happens. So basically, <laughs> uh, we, we were going to go out to like a party, but the party ended up falling through and we had nothing to do for that weekend. So, uh, on the floor that we were on so it was like a four-story building and we were on the third floor um you know everyone was pretty cool on the third floor so we basically just like opened all of our doors and we were just like you know getting hammered and then going from like room to room and hanging out and doing stupid shit and uh (laughs) i had two pairs of boxing gloves and uh those don't really go go together with alcohol (laughs) so someone was like hey like why don't (laughs) <laughs> yeah so like someone saw the gloves and uh they're like hey uh you know why don't we just start like fucking each other up and everyone else is like drunk as fuck already so they're like oh yeah it's a great idea so um, you know some people started going at it and we were like cheering and shit like that and we were going on and uh i was like totally blitzed and the kid that i was fighting at the time like he was totally drunk too and Blitz. Uh, i
0: never heard that word before till now <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we just ended up boxing each other and I knocked them the fuck out. was <laughs> a perfectly timed overhand right.
0: Imagine how many more times in college those organized events could have happened. Bro, I, if that was like more rampant during the time at FD we were in, I think it would have been a little wild. <laughs> you to yeah, that s- would have been little nuts. Spar with everyone if you get a chance. Like, like it's if you're in a friend
1: Yeah.
0: Oh man. I'd be it okay a good with time, man. I'd be okay with sparring people now, because there's actual gyms in New Jersey you go you could go to spar to do sparring with your friends with. Yeah, but you they, can. There's yeah, there's places in Union County and probably more that I'm not aware of where you can go by yourself or get a friend and you can do some boxing training and some sparring and get some, some shots. And...
1: Yeah. There's a lot of places, but, uh, you got to pre- be careful with who you're doing it with. Cause, uh, mm. you want to kill them. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to kill them. And then you don't want to actually like fight like a professional fighter. <laughs> uh, just like, Yikes. you know, was just hanging out.
0: Always say no to a, a professional fight. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, I'm so proud of you for, like, yeah, making these two.
1: I remember one time... What's up?
0: Continue, continue. Hear this story. Gonna have something else to say. All
1: right. Uh, well, before when I was training, um, there was this guy, and uh, he had, like, a few professional debuts, but he wasn't, like, a super big fighter. Um uh, well like a super well-known fighter, but like like this kid could probably beat the shit out of like most people that you see. And he's like lanky, he's like 6'4, but he's like pretty lean. But like you wouldn't be able to tell if like you just saw him. Like you would kind of think like, you know, he's like a dweeb. What's his weight? Uh just his weight was probably like 180, 190. That's pretty lean for six. But, like, four. he looked like a total nerd. He looked like a total nerd, just, like, the way he carried himself and stuff like that, and he wore glasses. But, like, uh, this this one guy that we had, he he was, like, a super try-hard. And, like, he, he was okay, you know, but, like, he kind of was, like, a hothead. And, like, when you're sparring, you know, you don't want to go, like, all the way, you know what I mean? Because, like, you got to kind of save that uh, for, like, tournaments and stuff like that. Um, But this kid, every time, would go 100%. We're just like, yo, chill. We're just sparring, man. And he's just, like, throwing haymakers at you and shit like that. So this one time, uh, so the kid that I'm talking about that was kind of, like, professional, his name was, uh, what was his name? Sergio. So Sergio happened to be in the gym at the same time as this other guy. I forget what his name was, but I'll just call him Sean. So uh, Sean, you know, saw Sergio sparring. He's like, hey, man, like, I want to spar with you. So basically they started sparring, and Sean is just going all out. And Sergio's like, yo, like, chill, man. Like, we're just, like, sparring. We're not trying to, like, knock each other out. And this kid just, like, would not listen. So, like, Sergio just turned up the heat and basically – Sean went in for a a shot. It was like a a left hook, and basically Sergio steps back, throws an uppercut, like, through his guard as he's throwing the hook, and then pops him with a cross, and the kid just, like, goes down, he's, like, bleeding from his nose and shit like that. He's like, nah, man, fuck this. Like, we're going to keep going. So, basically, Sergio just beat the shit out of this kid. But, um, yeah, you would never know that, like, this kid's, like, like a professional at it.
0: Shout out to Sergio. Oh, my gosh. was You must have had, like, crazy, like, small experiences, like, in your own sparring career. Like, probably, like, would you say you had, like, close calls? Dude, like, bro, I'm excited. I would be excited to go sparring. But, like,
1: what have been, like, a, a
0: sparring story of yours outside of, like, that college experience?
1: Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly, I haven't had run-ins like that, uh, or at least too many of them outside of training. But, you know, sometimes as you're growing up, you just kind of get into stuff like that, you know, through, like, disagreements and arguments and stuff. So
0: would you say, like, in your – Like experience, even your interest in boxing, like fighting, that you had over the years. How do you see like the future of like boxing, like in the next few weeks? Like, because there's big names like Jake Paul just coming out of nowhere, and then he's getting to fight with Tyrone Woodley in a few weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I remember, yeah, a
1: few weeks from now. I remember we
0: were DMing each other about it, and like you, he said said like a detailed description about it. Because those are, like, two yeah, big names
1: so, are kind of going at it. So, basically, um, boxing was kind of like a dying sport up until recently. Um, you know, the ratings were steadily going down. They weren't getting as much revenue from, like, pay-per-views and stuff like that. And that's because uh, a lot of these fighters, they have, like, padded records. So, like, you'll see someone that's, like, you know, 40-0, and 0, but most of the people on the record were, like, total schmucks. Like, they weren't actual, like, legitimate contenders. So, like, uh, there's a saying in boxing that goes, like, if you're 10-0, uh, you're a good fighter. But if you're, like, 20 you know you have a good manager. You know what I mean? Because, like, he picks you the easy fights. You kind of avoid the people that could actually kick your ass. Um, And that's kind of like what hurt boxing is because everyone's focused on having like a perfect record. But in reality, uh, with what uh, MMA has shown, like people don't really care about that. They just want to see household names and legitimate contenders fighting each other. Um, That's kind of why MMA has been able to explode while boxing is kind of stuck. But recently with like the celebrity boxing stuff that's been giving the sport of boxing a way bigger light um so now there's more people getting into boxing but with the upcoming fight um with tyron woodley and jake paul um i think it's gonna be pretty interesting because there's a lot of people that you know write off jake paul because he's a youtuber and he's now like a professional fighter and everything makes TikToks. Yeah, TikToks, and he's just kind of a troll. Not a lot of people like him, but at the same time, you can't really deny, like, what he's done in the ring. Like, yeah, he has, he doesn't have, like, a huge track record, but, I mean, if you've watched it, like, he's not, not terrible. Like, he had, he, uh, especially against Nate Robinson, he landed, like, a perfectly timed, like, right-hand cross that just landed perfectly in the right spot. You know, he just was waiting for the timing on that. But, you know, a lot of people are writing him off because he doesn't have that, like, uh, history in combat sports. Um, but something else you got to take into account Tyron Woodley, he's, I believe he's 40, it he might be 41, which is super old for combat sports. Basically, your life, there's two things that dictate your lifespan in combat sports and that's how long you've been or how old you are and uh how much damage like you've taken in your career you know i mean um because some people uh they could be older and that kind of doesn't affect them like a good example of that would be Yoel romero he was he's on i think he's 44 now he's fighting in bellator uh, the UFC just cut him. But up until, you know, uh, he got cut when he was like 43 years old, he was fighting. His last fight was against the current champion, Israel Adesanya. So that just goes to show you like, it's, it's a lot more complicated than people think, but there is stuff that like affects, uh, you know, a fighter's performance and stuff like that. But there's also like uh, damage taken. So, Basically, uh, you know, Khabib would be a good example of uh, so he has a good chin, but he has a good chin because he hasn't been hurt pretty much at all throughout his entire career. Just because of his fighting style, he is able to fight. His offense is so good that his defense is great because of his offense. See what I'm saying? So he's always putting people in positions where he can't get hit, but he's hitting other people. So that's why his chin is so good. Uh, a good example of why, uh, you know, people's chins deteriorate is Cain uh, Velasquez versus the Junior Dos Santos rivalry. So they had a trilogy fight. Cain Velasquez was probably one of the most scariest heavyweights to ever fight in MMA. And, um, The first fight between him and Junior Dos Santos, uh, Junior Dos Santos knocked him out. I think it was in like the second round or something like that. But up until then, he had pretty much uh, like a granite chin and great cardio. And then in the second fight, uh, Kane won by decision. But, I mean, their faces were just completely mangled after that second fight. Then in the third fight, uh, you know, same result just a total, like, catastrophic amount of damage taken. I believe Kane tore his ACL or MCL or something like that, and Junior DeSantos basically just, uh, you know, gave up. He was, like, laying on the ground, he just, like, tapped out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And his nose was, like, sideways, and he was, like, bleeding from a bunch of different places on his face. But after that, both of them were never the same again. They couldn't take a shot. And they were afraid to, the, to, to do shots because sometimes you kind of got to like open yourself up to be able to throw shots at people. And they were just kind of like hesitant um, because of those memories of like taking damage and just their, uh, you know, their cortex just couldn't take that kind of abuse. But um, like Tyrone Woodley has had, he's, you know, one of the goats in the sport He's been in the sport for over 10 years. He's um, a beast.
0: He looks like he works out every
1: single day. He's a beast, yeah. He is super stocky, and his uh, muscle insertion genetics are great. So they make him look even bigger than he really is. Because um, at his weight, he's like 5'9". And typically, if you're 5'9", you're fighting at like... Anywhere from featherweight to like lightweight, uh, but he was fighting at welterweight, which is one seventy, and the average height for welterweights probably like around six foot. So there's like a huge height discrepancy, but because he was so like dense, he was able to compete in that weight division. Um, but yeah, he's had a great career. He's had some legendary fights. He's beat some uh, some legends. Uh, Household names like Robbie Lawler um, what was the other one. And, the, you know, the, the other legends that he's fought. But, like, he, his most recent fight uh, was Vince, Vicente Luque. And this guy is a total fucking beast. Um, this guy is not afraid to trade with people. He's He hits like a truck. He's not afraid to get hit. Uh, he's kind of, like, newer, so he doesn't have – he hasn't sustained, like, enough damage where his chin is kind of compromised. And it was a super competitive fight up until the end. Uh, he ended up knocking out Tyrone Woodley. But Tyrone Woodley, at 41, 40 years old, almost knocked out a completely new uh, monster in the division. So it's not like Tyrone Woodley's like, washed up but you do have to take into consideration he has taken a lot of damage in his career, and he's been in the uh, in the sport for a meaningful period of amount of, a meaningful amount of time. Uh, so that's kind of like what makes the fight interesting because like it's like uh, is Tyrone Woodley gonna kind of like underestimate Jake Paul and just kind of like half-ass the training, or is Jake Paul gonna show up? and be able to put on a show for us
0: jake paul's also been training with jorge masvidal and i'm sure like like jorge's influence on jake paul to be more familiar with ufc fighters will probably help him like like his training with jake like jake paul's probably been a benefit for him to like prepare for that fight yo i saw in the like one of the videos on instagram (laughs) how they shook hands about getting a tattoo of I love this person, I love the winner's name tattooed on their arms.
1: Yeah, so whoever is. Do you think is that actually going to happen? Is
0: that um, an actual deal? I know Jake
1: Paul will do it. I know Jake Paul will do it. Uh, I'm just not sure if Tyrone Woodley is willing to do it, which is kind of like, uh, you know, if Tyrone Woodley is a little hesitant on doing it, you got to think like, Dang, maybe Tyron thinks like this kid could beat him. You know what I mean? Uh, so you got to think about that. But also, George or uh, Jorge Martins is a close friend and training partner of Tyron Woodley. And uh, they've trained for like a meaningful period, of, uh, meaningful amount of time. But George knows Tyron Woodley's fighting style. So if Jake Paul is smart, Jake Paul. Um, could be, you know, working closely with Masvidal for, you know, as long as he needs to, to try and get those like tendencies that come out when Tyrone Lulee's fighting, like uh, something that's common throughout Tyrone's fights is he backs up while you're kind of throwing a barrage or you're coming at him. And then he waits for an opening and he throws an overhand right. And he hits like a truck, so when it lands, it usually either knocks other opponent out or he stuns him. And that's how he knocked out uh, Robbie Lawler. And that's how he knocked down uh, Stephen Thompson uh, in both of their fights because they fought twice. Um, But he was able to lure them in and then throw a counter right hand uh, when the opening happened. Um, But with Jake's fighting style, uh, he does have that blitz, so he will come at you and wait for an opening and throw an overhand, or overhand right. Uh, they're both orthodox, so their power hands are the right hands. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I'm pretty sure that Jake is going to initiate the blitz, but it's just interesting to see who's going to be able to land what, and if they do, can they survive?
0: Yo, Drake pulls so many tattoos just, just all over his body. <laughs> he's gonna be next yeah. post, he's gonna be the next post Malone in the next few years.
1: <laughs> Probably. I'll tell you what though, if Jake um, half asses this training, he will get knocked out. 100 percent I don't see this fight going to decision. I definitely see someone getting knocked out. Um but also another thing uh, that I mentioned to you when we were talking over Instagram was that uh, Colby Covington has his own company uh, where he trains and promotes fighters and stuff like that. And Jake Paul had ordered training partners from Colby Covington's company. And uh, what Colby Covington was saying was that uh, they think that Tyron Woodley is very capable of putting a beating on uh, Jake Paul. There's no like footage or evidence and you got to kind of think Colby beat Tyrone. So it could be uh, Colby trying to talk Tyrone Woodley up because that makes him look better because he beat Tyrone Woodley Uh, could be that, but you know, at the same time, you know, you just got to take it with like a grain of salt.
0: Yikes damn. Who would have thought like the world of boxing could be like where it's at with boxers and UFC fighters just constantly fighting each other because it just kinda immerses the two sports together. What do you think about the heavyweight division in the UFC right now? Because there's like a big fight with Derek Lewis and uh Sly Gain. Did I pronounce that right?
1: Uh-huh. Uh uh or surreal Gun.
0: Sir Gun, oh, wow. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> what do you think about that fight coming up on Saturday? I'm going to be able to watch it right nearby where I work where I live.
1: Uh yeah, so uh before I cover the fight, I'm just gonna give you and the audience an overview of the heavyweight division in the UFC. So in combat sports. Uh, Typically, the heavyweight division, uh, you know, it was always the most sought after, um, you know, weight class. You know, if you're uh, the heavyweight champion of like boxing or MMA, like you're viewed as like the baddest man on the planet. But in reality, it's like a super shallow division because you got to realize that most people that are alive aren't in that heavyweight category most people are in the lightweight to welterweight category Um, so that reflects on the competition level in that division so you're only as good as your competition Um, so that's why there's not like a lot of good fighters in the heavyweight division like you have uh, Cyril Gan, Ganu, um, Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, Alexander Volkov. But other than that, it's really not that stacked. So if you can beat those people, you can be riding that belt for a long time if you don't have to fight those people over again. Um, but we have that psychology attached to bigger is better. So we kind of like give the heavyweight divisions more uh, more of like a light um, than the lower weight divisions because the most um, competitive weight division, I don't know what it is for boxing, but I know for MMA it's the lightweight division, which is typically 155 pounds. Um, and that's because it encompasses, the most amount of people on average so you have way more competitors that are actually legitimate contenders fighting in that division uh so the competition level is so high that's why it could be is viewed as one of the goats because he had to go through murder's row just just fighting killer after killer after killer and you know defending his belt but uh you know with surreal gone coming up Against Derek Lewis. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm rooting for Derek Lewis, but I know that Cyril Gunn will win. Uh, he's way more technical, he's got more endurance. Um, but to be honest with you, he's been so dominant in his fights that we really haven't seen too much of him. We don't know how good his chin is. I'm assuming it's good because he basically hasn't gotten hit. Uh, with any hard shots at all because he's so good at managing range and just not putting himself in positions where he opens up too much. And he's always putting himself in positions where he could hit the other guy. So like uh Cyril gun, just had a fight with a- Alexander Volkov. Now Alexander Volkov is the biggest guy in the heavyweight roster currently standing at uh six, seven, 265 pounds. Um, and there was a meaningful height, <clears throat> height um, discrepancy between Gon and Volkov. I believe Gon is 6'4". At, uh, I think he's the weight limit. I think he's 260. I might be wrong, but I think he's around there. But he was able to um, just completely outclass Alexander Volkov in his fight. And I was rooting for Alexander Volkov, but Gunn was able to manage that range so well that although uh, Alexander Volkov had the height uh, and range uh, advantage, uh, Gunn was able to neutralize that and capitalize on that. Um, but yeah, he's never been hit hard or at all, really. He has, we're assuming that Gunn does have um, a decent wrestling background. Uh, he's only taken down, I believe, two opponents in his 14 fights. I think he's 14-0 right now. And, and he was able to submit the one guy. And the other guy, I think it went to technical knockout. Um, but, yeah, I just really don't see Lewis winning this one. But the thing about Lewis is he, although he's not the most athletic uh, his chin is pretty okay. He hasn't been hit that hard or that many times in his career uh, because he's knocked the other guy out pretty fast. I believe he has the most knockouts in the entire UFC uh, organization. And he just, you know, has that great eraser, you know. He could, like, Derek Lewis also fought Alexander Volkov and it was a five-round fight. And Lewis had won very – or he had, Lewis had lost every single round very uh, easily. Like, you could easily tell if you were not an MMA judge, you'd be like, okay, like, he lost that one, he lost that one. So he lost basically uh, five rounds. And then in the last 30 seconds of the last round – uh, Derek Lewis just threw a Hail Mary shot and it landed and knocked Alexander Volkov right out. So you can't just write off Derek Lewis just because he has a great knockout power, but I don't think he's going to be able to find an opening on Ghan because Ghan is so technical. Uh, Gan also has a pretty big kickboxing background uh, before he transitioned into mixed martial arts, uh, which could also you know, be added to his MMA record and in terms of like his combat sports um, like record and history.
0: You were so descriptive, like when you describe what's going on in fighting, like in all these different divisions, all these different peoples and the interactions and the styles that they've had. Like you've worked pretty hard on your channel, so like describe all the stuff there too and i'm so happy to like know someone that's like so invested in in, in it because it's something just becoming more popular in sports like nowadays more so than like other kinds of sports it feels like so more entertaining yeah. it's, it feels like you're, it feel like it feels like you're rooted for someone when you're watching fighting sports yeah. and like their brand and when for you sure. see when you see like rising stars like jake paul and many others like coming up in the ranks like. It just screams, like, attention.
1: Yeah, it's huge. It's especially if, like, getting... you're McGregor
0: and you have to, like, especially if you're McGregor and you're almost worth a billion dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's had one of uh, the greatest careers ever in MMA. Like, yeah, now he's kind of uh, on the downside of his career, but you can't deny what he's done. Uh, he's brought... The sport so much attention. Uh, And I have him as one of my uh, greatest of all times. Um, Yeah, his record isn't perfect, like Khabib's and stuff like that, but his list of accomplishments is pretty crazy. Like, uh, I remember his Aldo fight was crazy. Uh, He was just able to totally work that press conference. Like, something that was great about connor was that he understood the business model of the ufc so uh something so in an interview that dana white had a while back uh you know um there was a reporter that asked dana white he's like you know uh the numbers came out or whatever like that and you know uh after reviewing them it seems to me like you're not paying the fighters you know, what they're worth. You know what I mean? Uh, but Dana White said that this business is not uh, a career. It's an opportunity. So you're, um, what you're paid is, like, how much you're worth to the company. So the business model of the UFC is unless you are a champion, they do not do any um, – press or promotion for you so a lot of fighters get jealous because if you don't have a company like that supporting you then it's really hard to promote yourself but people like conor mcgregor israel adesanya they have um built their own types of like brands or like promotions so like israel adesanya has his own youtube he's very relevant on social media He's constantly posting stuff, kind of building the brand on his name. And what that does is acts like a sales funnel because the more people know him, the more people wanna watch his fights and that results into bigger paychecks. So I understand uh, where people are coming from when they say fighters aren't getting paid enough, but that is a direct reflection of how much you're worth to the company and what your like um your fan base is. So with Connor McGregor, I mean he was super good on the mic. He always knew what to say at the right time. He um, was always good at throwing counter shots. So like one of the famous uh, memes is like uh Jeremy Stevens, he uh, after Connor McGregor gets off the mic, he says, you know, uh, I'm the hardest. I'm the real hardest one, forty-five pounder here on the planet. It's like when I knock people out, uh, uh, they don't move or something like that. Or when Conor McGregor knocks them out, like it's like a TKO. But then Conor McGregor immediately takes the mic, and he's like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" And you know, everyone starts laughing. So it's just like counter shots like that, like make you more and more popular because you're like a showman. You're creating drama. And at the end of the day, the sport is based around entertainment. So if you're not entertaining people, people aren't going to want to watch you. So he kind of opened that up to fighters that are willing to learn from that. And the fighters that are willing to learn from that, like Israel Adesanya, um, John Jones, some other fighters, there's not a lot of them that understand that business model. But the ones that do, they sell a lot of pay-per-views. Uh, Nate Diaz is another example. He has a complete shit record. And he's the only fighter that I know that consistently loses and gets the shit beaten out of him, but gets paid more than most of the UFC champions and uh, household names in the UFC. Um, Yeah, I kind of went off on a side tangent. That's so wild. where I was going with this. No, no, no,
0: it's crazy think like the income disparity between like the top fighters and the other fighters and also like sponsorships are very big in the ufc like crypto.com had like a 175 million dollar deal for as a sponsor with the ufc and you started noticing like crypto.com like on like these fighter shorts yeah like older apparel it's kind of crazy it's
1: crazy where the business has gone because at the beginning it was kind of viewed as like uh, human cock fighting. Like if you told someone like, Hey, I'm going to like UFC or something like that. And I'm watching people fight in a cage. People would be like, what are you like a fucking meth head or something? Like what's wrong with you? But now it's like so glamorized and there's so much like publicity behind it. People are like, Oh, like you saw this event. Um, but yeah, one more thing I wanted to say about Conor McGregor, I forgot. So, Conor McGregor became so successful in the UFC that he essentially transcended the sport. So, since he understand that or understood that business model, um, he was able to take that fame into other aspects of his life. Like, he has his own fighting promotion. He's got his own uh, liquor line. He's got his own clothing line. And he's basically on track to becoming, uh, you know, having a net worth of over a billion dollars, which is crazy for an athlete. Um, And, you know, when you would mention Conor McGregor, uh, people would be like, oh, like he's from MMA, right? Because he became so big that people would automatically associate his name with MMA. But if you said that about any other fighter, they'd be like, who's that? What are you talking about? Who's Tyrone Woodley? Yeah, who's Tyrone Woodley? Like, if you're not – like, Tyron Woodley is pretty popular, but he's not on the same level as Conor McGregor. Like, if you asked, like, a casual, they probably wouldn't know who Tyron Woodley is. Um, But he has a household household name, and he is a legend. But he just hasn't taken that, uh, like, publicity and fame to, like, that next level. Uh, You know, a good example of that is if you ask just a random guy, like, oh, you know who Mike Tyson is? And would be like, oh, yeah, he's a boxer. Because he'd become so famous that he his name had transcended the sport. He'd become, like, uh, a pop culture icon. Same thing with Muhammad Ali. So I would put Conor McGregor in that category. Um,
0: people get Mike Tyson's face tattooed on their body sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how popular he is. Sometimes but, people um, get,
0: like, a Joe Wilkin tattoo as well.
1: Mm-hmm. But where I was going with, um, how the UFC has grown, uh, I got to like Dana White is probably hands down the greatest promoter of all time. He took like a dying sport. Yeah. No one watched. And he bolted into like a multi-billion dollar industry. Like he's worth over $4 billion now. And, uh, he he did an interview he was like yeah like at the beginning uh we basically got paid no money he's like i i didn't at the end of the day like i didn't even know if i could cover uh what i had to pay to the fighters for fighting that night and if they did get paid it'd be like a few hundred bucks just to get your ass kicked you know and now they're making millions which is super crazy um but that's the thing is their business model and like why it's working so well as opposed to boxing and boxing is making a resurgence but that's only thanks to the celebrity icon uh fighting like culture but mma it doesn't focus around records it focuses around building names having uh the best competitors fighting the best competition so like if you go through someone's record there's a really good chance that if they're really good They've had to go through people that are equally as good or better than them at fighting. Uh, that and that doesn't relate to boxing, which is why their model has suffered so much up until recently. It's crazy how much money just
0: generated through these fighters. It's insane. It makes you just want to like want to try and compete and with who you can in your community. Damn, I'm trying to go to I'm trying. This makes me want to go to sparring gym and just see what it's like and just, like, experience, like, the, the battle that you have to go through to, like, get to that kind of confidence to continue yeah. fighting, like, more experienced people.
1: It, it's, it's something that a lot of people should get into. Um, first of all, it's great exercise. Second of all, it could boost your confidence uh and then third of all you know you can build friends you can network through it and uh you know you can kind of make it like an outlet or a hobby for yourself um but yeah man it's uh when you knock someone out you feel pretty good (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't know just like the thrill of like fighting is just like it's so primal that everyone understands it you know what I mean it's not like soccer is cool baseball is cool but it's like if you're not if you haven't played uh, soccer or baseball or whatever like you really don't understand like what it's like like the feelings that you get when you walk out onto the field or the feeling that you get when you make a goal but like everyone knows the feeling of what it's like to be in a fight even if they haven't been in one, they know what it would feel like to be in one just because it's so like primal and hardwired into us as humans, um, you know, everyone could kind of relate. That's what's make, that's also what's making uh, combat sports so popular nowadays.
0: You inspire me to want to keep like pursuing like training martial arts, just like the importance of like self-defense and for like self-confidence too. And that's why I appreciate like talking to people like you and just, Looking like more into the, what's going on in the fighting world because all well, lot of stuff that's what's going on is kind of inspiring, especially to me. We yeah, mean, talk-
1: Some of these fighters they come from super humble backgrounds, like uh, Geoff Neal. I believe he's like a waiter at some steakhouse. Like some of these guys, they have like you know, you could be walking down the street and you're, uh, you're you know, waiter or, like, busser or, you know, your mailman could be, like, a professional fighter and you don't even know it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy where some people come from. Uh, I remember something funny uh, was Max Holloway. So he's one of the most popular uh, fighters in the UFC. He's got a huge fan base. His fights are super good. He he just throws so much volume. He just broke the record for the most amount of, uh, of significant strikes landed and thrown in a fight. And the previous two records were set by him. So he was, like, super entertaining, super willing to, like, bite down on the mouthpiece and just go at it. But uh, on one of the Joe Rogan podcasts, I think he's had two of them. But he was like, yeah, you know, I really just had no idea what I was doing. Like, just coming out of high school, he was like, I kind of felt like I was falling behind. Um, you know, I just felt like I was just stuck and everyone else was just, you know, going through life, doing whatever they were doing. So it's like, so I figured, you know, I would just start doing, uh, combat sports and MMA and stuff like that. And, uh, the funny thing was, was, uh, Joe asked him. So he's like, so before, uh, or when you did your first fight, he's like, how much training did you have? Like, what'd you do? He's like, honestly, dude, I had no training like at all he's like i just signed up for a fight and i just happened to beat the shit out of the other guy and it just worked like i had no like idea like what would happen he's just like i just did it man and he's like uh the training that did have in those early days it was like he said he would play the early ufc games and he was saying how he would throw combinations and do certain things he's like oh like that looks good like and then he would tell his friend to, like, stand up. He's like, all right, stand like this. Like, I'm going to throw this. And he's like, oh, that works good. Like, I'm going to try that. And he translated that into actually fighting. And it's just, it's crazy how some people start out, you know?
0: Hey, man, we're out of time. Dude, you, you inspire me to give, want to invest more into fighting because you seem like the, you, I have to talk to you tonight. Like, you're my go-to guy.
1: Thanks, man. Keep yeah, up the super fun.
0: Alrighty, so we gotta go. Peace out, guys. Please subscribe to our channel and please subscribe to Alexi's channel. We'll leave links in the description down below. Peace out, guys. How a rest of your night? Let me end the recording. So this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is where you go to get all your audiobook needs from, where it's millions, millions, and millions of books made by famous authors of highly-rated stuff, Audible is also owned by Amazon, so you know who you're working with. And also, if you really want to try Audible, see if it's for you, if you want to listen to stuff in your car, go on the link in, in the description below and get a 30-day month trial to see if Audible's for you. If you don't like it, it's okay. First audiobook's on me. See you down there and enjoy.